And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I love you, Doc Manson. <clears throat> Hell yeah, you do. I DC want you Matthews. to know. I want you to know, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Love you. Thank you. I think that's very sweet sentiment. Happy uh, World Teachers Day. I consider you a teacher. Eh, you're the only one. So I guess I should probably say Happy Teacher Day to you, the one no, who actually deserves it. I, I think you are involved in education in some form or fashion, so... Oh, wait, I, I probably shouldn't say that on the air. That's, that's Nobody knows a, who you are. You work at a unknown university somewhere in the French hinterlands. Yeah, I mean, and if you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. I'm talking about the other person, so it's fine. Um, I do feel like a lot of my responsibilities revolve around instruction and curriculum design and, yes. you know, things like that. So so I do sort of feel like, I, I guess so, but there yes. is definitely this, this, this thing, particularly in, you know, academic institutions of higher learning, where if you're not a professor, then... You are not, you know, you are not an instructor. I don't really agree to that, but of course I wouldn't. But you know. A professor stands in front of a lecture hall of anywhere from 30 to 300 people and talks for a while. And then once a week has office hours where he can be condescending towards students. That's not true of all of them. And I will say, I'm not a lot talking of the about faculty I'm members. Not, if if they're listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other guy. Of course, but just again, in fairness, I do find there are a lot of professors who, you know, even if they do have, you know, the primary focus is on, you know, research and things like that. When it comes time to do their instruction, I, I do find that a large number of them, certainly the ones I interact with on a regular basis, I find that they do care quite a bit about how their students. Uh, perform and, and they do go out of their way, I think, to be available and to answer those questions. Uh, but I think you're right. There's definitely a stereotype, and most stereotypes are are certainly based somewhat in in. They're stereotypes for a reason. And I, I definitely agree that that is, you know, certainly a class of, of person that does exist as described. Um, certainly not anywhere at the institution I am at. There are of course all, not. No, a plus. But I'm saying you are not a professor. But no. you are involved in a much more hands-on way with these people. You are you are working with these students. You are working with the people who are working with these students. Your work really impacts what they do. They can skip a class, read the book, get the notes from a friend, and maybe get a decent portion. But take it from the person who got a C in Biology 102 or 104 or whatever it was. If you don't go to the labs, you're missing out on a lot. You didn't even go to the labs. I don't remember, but knowing myself, I can't Probably imagine not. I went to most. Like, I feel really bad about this because... You're since a teacher. I've... Yes. Yes. And I, I promote the value of education. I had a period in my life, though, where I was learning other things, and I regret it. I honestly do. I honestly and legitimately regret the fact okay, that I did not. Okay, hold on a sec. 
we're sitting here, we're talking, we're having a, a serious conversation. How dare we do that in the intro to this show? But but on top of that, for the first time in recent memory that I can remember, you are sitting there munching on something. Not me. What are you munching upon? What is it that you are crunch crittlyunching into the microphone? I know you are expecting a seasonal confection. I'm sure it's not. These are uh, state line potato chips. Oh, uh, apple crisp flavored or? Uh, nope, just regular classic New England style. Um, partially produced with genetic engineering. Um, and I like it, it's state line, but it's from the Yum Yum Potato Chips Company from Warwick, Quebec. Yum Yum. Um, but yeah, you caught me when you, when you sent out that Twitter message wondering if I would be able to pull myself away from my pontificasts to record with you. I was in the process of finishing my dinner. We ordered, uh, we ordered Potato out. Chips. We ordered out. And we are trying to, you know, uh, we chose to go with chips instead of french fries. Not that that makes a huge difference. Um, And so I I didn't get the chance to eat these, so I figured I'd bring them to the show. So my apologies to the neighborhood who had to listen to me crunching on potato chips. I keep waiting for you to break out the confection. I know it's probably lurking. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. Now you're looking at something else. I actually do not uh, have what? a confection this week. Oh. Yep, I apologize. That is okay. We will have to save it for next week, which is, as we all know, episode 100 of Holy DDT Wrestling. Holy moly. The last episode of DDT Wrestling. It's finally come to this. I can't quit We're you. finally back, got Manson. it. I just can't quit you. No? You seem to be doing a, a just fine job pontificating on your own. I am uh, pontificating. I'm not. But... Sh- I will. I, I will say. I will say. You know, once upon a time when there was a neighborhood podcast. Yes. Um. Uh. You know. I, they were unlistenable. There was. There was a need for Doc Manson at that time. Uh. I feel as though my interjection and the creation of DDT. Uh, served a purpose at that time. I think now, after nearly a hundred episodes of this, uh, I don't know. Um, your pontificast, I admit, I only listened to one of them this week, the first one. Hey, I am impressed you listened to one. But, you know, uh, I would say that that has become at least a hundred thousand million times more listenable than. It's true. The Solo Neighborhood Podcast. It's so true. I'm I not li- sure Dog Manson no. is even needed here he, anymore. He is absolutely needed. Um, I don't know if episode one or the new Pontificast, the first one of this week's, is the one where I call for the return of the weekly wrestling news. It is. But, okay. But it's true. I You know, we, we have... I've struggled with the weekly wrestling news... For a multitude of reasons, one of which it's a lot of... I don't know about you. You seem to be a jokesmith of the highest regard. You seem to be able to just pull funny out of all of the crevices. And you've got a beard, so you've got all sorts of crevices to pull things from. Me, on the other hand, every hair, every hair in that beard is a different crevice from which you can pull the funny. I've seen it. 
Um, I struggle with that. It takes me a while. And, you know, when I look back at the weekly wrestling news, while I, I will say I still think I'm proud of it, I think it's a smart idea for a show. Um, I also don't care for a lot of the jokes that I made. Um, some of them may be a little too cynical. Some of them may be a little too hard on some of the act. I'd like to find a way to be satirical, but without actually but this is the insulting problem. the performers. But this is the problem. Satire, not all of satire. It, but it's usually insulting in some way. But satire usually is barbed. It is a right. barbed device. So I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree. I think maybe certain subjects or certain people might have gotten a little bit too much of a twist of the knife, so to speak. But you can't do a... like. You're making fun of what's going on in wrestling. You can't do that nicely. Or at least it's very difficult to do that nicely. Right. And I, I, I just, as I think about the weekly wrestling news and what I'd like it to become, while I do want it to continue to be satire and perhaps barbed, mm-hmm. I, I think I want to be, I, I would want to be smarter about that moving forward. It would and need I, to be not, and of course we always talk shop on the show. It's one of our trademarks. It would need to be more character driven. I think if you're going to go that route, the focus is not, you're almost presenting the wrestling news seriously, but it's the characters themselves that are the goofy part. Mm-hmm. That would be my thought. But the problem with that is then you have to get a bunch of character actors in, or you need to do a bunch of different, in characters, you know what I mean? I That's more difficult am a to produce. Master of voices. Are if you, you are patio okay, furniture? If you are okay with a group of newscasters who who run the gamut of countries all at the same time, uh, I would like you to do uh, your best Cesaro, please. Uh, the Cesaro. Cause that's where I'm, I, what's what's a Swiss accent? How do people know. from Sweet Sweden? Does he talk like that? Like he's from a Sweden? Sweden? I don't think so. Um, so uh, do your best, Nikki Bella. Go ahead, do it. Do your best, Nikki Bella. I wish you died in the womb. That's the only line I can remember Nikki <laughs> Bella ever saying. But again, I think it would be difficult to do a character-driven I don't, show well, no, in that I'm way. not saying character-driven as in actual characters. I mean you would have to create news personalities. In much the way Whose Line did the weird newscaster sort of thing, it would sure. need to be that. Like Colin Mockery as the host of the weird... Well, I don't well, know if you know this, uh, DC Matthews, but Doc he, Manson is a fictional character. <laughs> and so the newscast, the Weekly Wrestling News, as a news host, although I was playing Doc Manson, it was not Doc Manson as a person. It's the character of Doc Manson, just as oftentimes on this show, I am playing the character of Doc Manson. Just It was maybe amped up a little bit more on the Weekly Wrestling News. I... I'm just saying, I think that would have to, you would have to, if you're going to try to not satirize the the wrestling content so much, you then have to satirize the rest of the show. The show itself needs to be satire. It needs to be, so it needs to be a parody of people who do actual recaps of what, like it's a parody of those what culture sort of things, which I suppose in and of themselves can sometimes be parodies. So, 
But again, I, I, I am doing the Pontificast. I am enjoying the. I am enjoying the Pontificast. DDT wrestling has been and always shall be my first love. There is nothing. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river <laughs> low enough. River low. River deep. You get what I'm saying. It, you will not pull me away from you. If this show is going to end, mon frere, you're going to be the one to kill it. Yeah, well, you know, all sooner or later, everything I touch does die. So, you know, it's only a matter of time. Well, we've made it. Uh, we've made it 99 episodes. Yep, and we've, we've got one more episodes. until the end. So, well, at least we're talking about quality content here, because as I had to remind you, there is a pay per view this Sunday. Is there? It is Hell in a Cell. Is it really a... But here's, the, here's my question. We use that shorthand because it's convenient, but it's not really a pay-per-view anymore, is it? Can there is you a buy... W, there is a WWE network event. Do, do the network events, these live events, are they available as a pay-per-view event on any service I don't Current. believe so. I think they've gone down to... I think the big four might be. like, mm. Or maybe the big five. Maybe they include money in the bank. But I don't even know that. I'm not sure if any of these are still on pay-per-view. They are WWE Network events. But right. then again, so is Table for Three. So I don't really know. A live event? I don't know how you distinguish. Yeah, I've, I've considered live events. But one, it's I feel like it's just too long. And I don't really feel like... It's descriptive, but at the same time, pay-per-view is not descriptive either. There um, is wrestling on Sunday night. Yeah, but that doesn't like give it the importance that I feel like the once-a-month show should have. But then again, they do them so often where they're practically every two to three weeks that are yeah, they really important anymore? I don't know. We just had no mercy? the last one. Thank you. I couldn't even remember the name. We just had No Mercy. This weekend is Hell in a Cell. And in two to three weeks, it's TLC. And then in a couple of weeks after that, it will be Survivor Series. So, I don't know what you call them. And we've had this discussion before where we're not sure what to call them. I call them pay-per-views because that is how they have always been to me. But when WWE, what do they call them? They just called the event. Hell in a Cell is a Sunday. Maybe that's it. We just need to start calling it by the name of the event rather than... Though before we get into Hell in a Cell proper, um, this news might not be as interesting to you, and I'm doing War slight... games! I'm doing slight spoilers here. Um, in the recent NXT taping, it was revealed... I won't reveal the participants, but... I believe it's going to be DDP... Uh, Robocop Lex Luger uh, David Arquette Um, The return of War Games Now War Games if you are not How familiar are you with the War Games I've seen DDP in one I think Okay It is a two ring Cage Two rings next to each other With a cage And it's usually a a two team battle Although in certain cases it can be a three-team battle. But traditionally it was two teams of four to five guys. Two men start in the cage. Everyone else is on the outside of the cage. And every couple of minutes somebody is let in. There's a coin toss and you determine who gets the extra man advantage. And then once everyone gets in, then it's the first pinfaller submission wins. This sounds an awful lot like the Elimination Chamber, except 
It's not by the elimination chamber is the is WWE's variation of War Games. Okay. All right. They just turned it into a single man concept, which in and of itself is brilliant. It's essentially taking the Royal Rumble and putting it in a you know it's a Royal Rumble War Games sort of hybrid there. But either way, it's happening at NXT Takeover Houston. That is exciting. Um, it's going to be happening. Then Starcade's going to be happening. So WWE is embracing more of the WCW. Uh, Cody Rhodes was complimentary of it. He apparently even knew about it beforehand. I don't think they asked for his blessing, obviously, but he knew about it beforehand. And he was fine with it because, as he put it, Triple H once worked for my dad. Then my dad worked for Triple H. I have no problem with it. So that's and newsworthy in and of itself. So I'm excited. Just It's the news of the week, so I thought I would mention it to you. Awesome. Yes, it's going to be an event. That's for sure. It, it will be an event. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Wonderful confidence. Um, all right there, sir. I've given you as much time to prepare as possible. Walk me through the card for uh, SmackDown's... Um, Hell in the Cell. Okay. Well, first, we're going to see the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, the Lucha Dragons, facing off against um, Titus Worldwide's team of uh, Kalisto. (laughs) Wait, that doesn't work. Um, Kalisto's pulling double duty. Good for him. uh, No, okay, so the SmackDown Champions... Tag champions are probably the New Day, and I guess they're still facing the Usos because Lord knows we haven't seen that enough times this year. Let's watch that again. Um, it is in a cell, though. I don't care. Okay. And let's see. Um, there is going to be a match with AJ Styles defending his U.S. championship against... Mm, Ty Dillinger? Baron Corbin? But I thought Baron Corbin lost his match on SmackDown this week, so he didn't get a title shot. Not that I'm aware of. Last uh, When I checked Wikipedia, it said that... Um, I have to tell you, that entire storyline has done nothing to, for me. The Baron Corbin, AJ Styles storyline, I am completely uninterested in. I'll give you a hint as to why. Baron Corbin? Half of the participants are Baron Corbin. I would be much happier if it was a triple threat match and Ty Dillinger was involved. But no, as of Wikipedia, it is a singles match for the U.S. title. Okay. And so... um, The SmackDown Championship, WWE Championship, will be defended... By Jinder Mahal, and he will um, make some racist remarks to beat down one Shinsuke Nakatomi Plaza. And um, Shane McMahon is going to get thrown off of a cage by Kevin Owens. In a let and and I, and I want to make sure we cover this in a Hell in a Cell match, in which where falls the falls count anywhere. count anywhere, so they better not shut that door. 
because there's no point. This Hell in a Cell match, they better just open the door. Well, I mean, in theory, <clears throat> there is that aisle way around the ring in Hell in a Cell. Okay. So, I mean, it just That's means fair. that he could get pinned That's fair. on the mat. The, on the concrete. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right. That was all I needed. I just need a little bit of logic, and that is a little bit of logic, so I will take that. All right, you're halfway there. There's only four matches to go, including the pre-show. On the pre-show, we will see the Hype Brothers. Correct. And they will take on someone else from SmackDown. I don't know if you know this, Doc. Um, oh, I know. It'll be um, Shelton Benjamin and his tag team partner, Charlie Haas. I wish. I so <laughs> wish. I loved Charlie Haas. Right, right. Clark Gable. No. Clark Gable. Right. Clark, um, Clark Gable. He's going to dance his way into our hearts. Um, and, okay, there's got to be a women's match in there. There is a so, women's match in there. Natalia is going to defend the honor of her cats against Charlotte Flair. Do her side plates have cats? They better. I don't know. I'm guessing she didn't get side plates because she's going to lose the title to Charlotte. Um, and, okay, that really seems like there should be another women's match. No. Is there? No. Oh, okay. That's it. Sorry, Becky Lynch. Sorry, Lana. Sorry, Tamina. Sorry, Carmella. Sorry, Anyone else on the women's roster for SmackDown? Naomi. Naomi. Sorry, Naomi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Uh-huh. Well, you Ooh. see. You, you, uh, okay. Um, and, okay, so how many more matches do I got? Dos. Oh, come the hell on. Two more? Okay. Uh, who else is in the mid card on SmackDown? Sami Zayn is not doing anything. Um, hmm. Dean Ambrose is not on that show. <laughs> um, he is not. Brizongo? There will be the return of the Fashion Files, finally. Okay, but that's not a match. That's not a match. Nope, there are two singles matches. Featuring people you're just real big fans of. Stephanie McMahon <laughs> no. will take on... Um... No. Um, love Rhombus. Oh. Uh... Dolph Ziggler will be taking on Bobby Roode. Correct. And um, my hint still applies. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Rusev yes. will be taking on Bray Refrigerator. Wyatt. Refrigerator. <laughs> oh, the other half of Bray Wyatt. Um, <laughs> Randy yeah, Orton. There. there you go. Every time you get there. You get there. It's I like would not password. Have, I don't it's think like I would have password. I don't care. I don't. I don't think I would have gotten those last two matches until you mentioned the love rhombus. I I don't care because while we were talking about that, there are things to talk about. I'm just jotting down some notes of other things I want to make sure we get to cover. Um, all right. Well, let's start with. We'll start with the pre-show, even though it doesn't really matter. Uh, I almost called him Clark Gable. Damn it, Doc. <laughs> Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin taking on the Hype Bros uh, in I'm gonna... a nobody cares. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Chadwick and Shelton Benjamin. They need a name. 
Okay. Uh, the Gable world's second greatest tag team. <laughs> the world's runner-up. <laughs> uh, the number two contenders. Well, now I really want them to win. <laughs> the number two contenders. Um, yeah, uh, I can't imagine the hype bros winning unless they're going to take on. Do you remember shortly after WrestleMania where it seemed like we were going to be getting a Mojo Raleigh push? Do you remember that? Yes. Rob Gronkowski was involved. It was a whole big thing. Mm. Well, and then they were like, we're going to get Mojo versus people were saying we're going to get Mojo versus Jinder for the world title at SummerSlam. I mean, at this point, I just would like to see Mojo versus Zack Ryder. You would think that's where we're heading, and maybe that's where I this feel will... like they missed the the opportunity for that now. Even yes. if they do it, I just feel like when it's Zack Ryder came, well, when Zack Ryder late. came back, I, just, I always have a problem. It seems like with their timing for some reason. I don't know why that is. Yes, but it seems when, like when Zack Ryder timing when, wise, things just don't ever seem to work out as I think that they should. No, when Zack Ryder came back. By the way, your camera cut out just so now. did yours. Um, oh, okay then. Well, when uh, when Zack Ryder came back, that would have been the best chance. Or at least them. in short order after are. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yes. Um, uh-oh. Oh, nope. My stupid antivirus just pops up and takes over the whole screen. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think this is the world's greatest, or the world's penultimate greatest tag team, or however it works. Uh, Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler continues to talk about entrances. Bobby Roode's got an entrance. The match itself should be good. I'll give yeah, them that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I fully expect that Bobby Roode will continue to cement himself as a uh, solid mid-carder on SmackDown, so I'll give it to Bobby Roode will win and then take the next three weeks off. Because he was gone for a really long time, and I'm not he sure. He was, yeah. Why? Hmm. Um, all right, Orton versus Rusev. The pride of Bulgaria versus the pride of Maytag refrigerators. Um, you know what? Just because I can't, in good conscience, say I want Randy Orton to win a match, I'm going to go ahead and say Rusev's going to take this. He's due, man. He's due. I'm, I've got to agree. We're agreeing us so far, and I think that's okay with this particular pay-per-view. But, yeah, like, if he's not going to win now, he's just not. He can't pull a Sister Abigail. He can't. And I, well, you know, I, I mean, I, he could. He could. could come out next week in a pencil skirt and as a lot of blonde wig. I mean, I think people would notice, but you know, <laughs> I think people would notice. I mean, I assume that they would. I think you might be right, but yes, but, um, yeah, I think this is Rusev's time. Rusev versus Shinsuke would make a lot of sense, you know, kind of spoiling it a little bit. I do think we're going to get a new world champion after, uh, hell in a cell. So Rusev would be a logical guy to kind of be the, the guy to lose to Shinsuke. Did you so. see that um, Ginger Mahal and the Singh brothers are returning to India October, like, 15th through the 18th? Yes, but he doesn't have to return with the title. He can just go back. Do you, are you going to disagree? Should we just jump there since we're talking about it? Are you thinking Ginger retains again and beats Shinsuke two or three times? Uh, 
that news makes me think there's a possibility of it. He's also listed in terms of like advertising for future shows. He's listed as a two-time WWE champion. Is he? Supposedly, I saw that today on Twitter that he was listed in some some live event for December was talking about SmackDown's coming. See Kevin Owens, two-time WWE champion Jinder Mahal. So people are like, well, maybe he'll lose it and then win it back. Or yeah, I mean, ultimately, if it hadn't been for that news, I think I probably would have given the Doc Manson patented zero percent chance of him retaining that championship belt at this pay-per-view. Now I can't give that guarantee because I'm less certain. However, I do still think that Shinsuke wins that belt. I I agree. I think, you know what, they're they're in India right now. Triple H wasn't even at the NXT tapings the other night because he was in India. Um, They've done that. That experiment has, you know, ended. The success of it can't be measured right now um i don't think he needs to return in a couple of weeks as champion but who knows maybe he'll win it back in time to go and then lose it the next day and it could be one of those situations where he loses at the pay-per-view and wins it back at a wednesday house show i mean yeah he you know he loses yeah he wins it back at a wednesday or thursday house show goes to india for three days and loses it the next night on smackdown right i mean it's possible uh, U.S. title, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin. Is this Corbin's big win? It feels like it should be because he was... The, the Baron Corbin train left the station and it was headed at 80 or 90 or 100 miles per hour. 88. Absolutely. All those gigawatts. Um, and just headed straight into the heart of... WWE Championship territory. He was going to pull into that station. It seemed like full steam ahead. And somehow, along the way, he got completely derailed. And that just didn't happen. So it just, it seems like... It seems like he ought to accomplish something. (laughs) But he was derailed so hard that I'm just, I'm no longer certain that he has any future in this company. And frankly, I feel like SmackDown is still the house that AJ Styles built, and they need him, in my opinion, in that role that he is currently in, if not the main event. So, given that the main event looks a little busy right now, I think he retains. Okay. Doc Manson making the production that AJ Styles uh, will win. Have we seen AJ versus Ginger yet? Is that a feud we've seen? I don't believe so. So... I'm going to go partially just because we can't, in good conscience, predict the exact same show. Um, I'm going to say Baron Corbin wins and AJ moves up to the main event. Because whether it's against Jinder or against Shinsuke, that's a main event level feud just because AJ Styles is there. Um, So I think, you know, he did his time as the U.S. champion. He helped keep that mid-card going and now he'll move on. And this is... We're, we're, we're having the same conversation about Baron Corbin as we have about Rusev. If he's not going to win now, why bother at all? Unless he's going to go into Dolph Ziggler territory, which is he is the guy who just loses. That's his, you know. But he hasn't been around as long as Dolph Ziggler has to fill that role of the veteran who loses. So I'm going to say Corbin. I'm not super confident in that pick, but I'll make it nonetheless. 
I'm fairly confident in who I think is going to walk out of Hell in a Cell as women's champion. I think it's Charlotte. I think it's Carmella. I think Charlotte wins and then Carmella cashes in and she has that, you know, she can now not only be the first female Money in a Bank briefcase holder, but she won the title by being, beating the greatest women's wrestler of the age, not named Asuka, who's not on WWE yet. Just want to throw that caveat out there. All right. I mean, you might be right about that, but in terms of the match. Yes. Charlotte's beating Natalia. I agree, but I'm going to make the prediction just to keep things spicy, just like when I randomly predict no contests that never happen. I'm going to pick Carmella. Um, she'll cash in. Why is Ellsworth on a leash? Have Do we have any rational explanation as to why James Ellsworth is on a leash? Yeah, because he was doing all sorts of things and stepping out of line. Carmella's got to keep him on a short leash to make sure he doesn't uh, overstep. Okay. I, I don't get it personally, but all right. But yeah, I think Carmella... It's a metaphor, DC. I suppose that's true. I don't know what it's a metaphor, but... Uh, tag team titles. There's, you really want this to be the last episode of DDT? No. <laughs> All no. Right. I'm saving my bad jokes for the Pontificast. That's how I start every episode. You'll, you've missed it. Episode two and three. Bad dad jokes. That's how we start the show. Have I missed it? I worked uh, for a calendar company, but I got fired. I took a few days off. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to give you something so that talking about the New Day versus the Usos again is better by comparison. So I can keep telling jokes, or we can talk about the New Day versus the Usos. If we don't talk about it, the show will never end. What do you think? New Day versus Usos in a cell. All sorts of excitement because it's in a cell. I really don't care. What is this? I mean, they're going to... Who... We're going to have the sixth time tag team champions, the 80th time tag team. I don't care. Well, this is, this is interesting. This is actually interesting because let's see here this, they're wrestling this time. Now I'm going into seeing, you know, the last SmackDown pay-per-view was pardon me. Well, I SummerSlam and at SummerSlam, the SmackDown tag team champions, it was the Usos versus the New Day. So this is at least the second pay-per-view in a row. If we go back even further to Battleground, which I believe was a... Oops. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The New Day defeated the Usos. So this is the third pay-per-view in a row. Remember when Great Balls of Fire was a pay-per-view? And then if we go to... The New Day wrestled the Usos at... Money in the Bank. So this is the fourth consecutive SmackDown pay-per-view, or SmackDown tag team title match on a pay-per-view. Extreme Rules was Raw. So then we go to Backlash. Uh, all right. So it's four. The Usos wrestled Breezango. I think this was even, maybe even before, or close to before the um, brand split. So you would have to go all the way back to May. To give you the last time that on a WWE headline event, 
the Usos and the New Day weren't wrestling for the tag team titles. So, what is what is your cap? How many matches is enough in a row? I don't know necessarily that it's about the number of matches, but it's about the number of interactions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I feel like I've literally just been watching these two teams at each other's, you know, throats, interacting, having these segments week after week after since May. It sounds like probably before May because there was a lead up to that pay-per-view. So we're talking, what, six months, half a year of the exact same two teams feuding with each other? I I don't know exactly what my limit is, but that's over it. This is entering the fifth month. If we go to June, let's say it started in June, and obviously it didn't. It started before that. But if we start with June, which is when the pay-per-view was, yeah, five months of this feud. No other tag team on SmackDown has been able to break through in five months. And that means, you know, five months is at least 20 episodes of SmackDown, maybe more. I mean, that's a long time to watch the exact same feud. I agree. I don't know. Uh, so how does it end? Does this end it? And if so, who wins? Because here's win. the thing. It has to be. Because if the Usos win, then the New Day can have a rematch. And it just goes on and on and on. It never ends. Remember when Sheamus and Cesaro had a best of seven series? Who? Winnebar! It resulted in that, though. So that did work out in the end. It's true. Even though the seventh match was like a double count out. And that was a little ridiculous. Alright. Double main event time. Jinder Mahal, Shinsuke Nakamura, world title. Not in a cell. Just a regular old match. Shinsuke? We already talked about this, didn't we? We did. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Which brings us to the actual main event. Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, False Count Anywhere, Hell in a Cell. Shane McMahon lost to The Undertaker, right? Shane McMahon shouldn't win a match again. Did he beat AJ Styles? No. I have to. I don't think Shane McMahon has won a match since returning. And again, we can figure that out fairly quickly. Research music. We need research music. I do feel like Kevin Owens could lose to Shane McMahon. Yeah, no. Well, I suppose technically he won Survivor Series 2016. He was on the team that won. In the Styles, Wyatt, Ambrose, Orton, Shane versus Braun, Jericho, Owens, Reigns, Rollins. Uh, Shane McMahon's team won. But no, he's lost to The Undertaker. He lost to uh, AJ. Uh, I think Shane could... Owens can absorb the loss, and, you know, there's, again, rumors flying around. One of the rumors is that Owens is heading back to Raw, so he might lose this and then switch over to Raw. One of the rumors, which is even more ludicrous, though I kind of talked myself into it, is that Sami Zayn is going to turn heel and help Kevin Owens win. Mm. Which would, I would find, you know, that would be the one way I would I would sacrifice my prediction that I've had for months now that Zayn's winning the Royal Rumble. Is if he turns heel and aligns with Kevin Owens, then okay. Yeah, but yeah, ultimately, I, I I feel like Kevin Owens probably comes out on top of that feud. I guess it all depends on, you know, where do we do we really need to see another Shinsuke versus Kevin Owens feud? Didn't we see that already? Did we? Or did Shinsuke? I don't think so. 
Oh, maybe it was Shinsuke versus Samoa Joe. I'm trying to think about NXT. Shinsuke, oh yeah, no, it was, Owens was gone by the time Shinsuke yeah. got there. Long gone. All right. I don't know. I guess it just depends on which main event scene you want Owens in. Do you want Owens wrestling Lesnar and Strowman, or do you want him wrestling Jinder and Shinsuke and AJ again? But I do think Owens wins. It just... It doesn't make any sense for Shane to win. Like, what so would he do? So did we only disagree on... One match, really. Baron we, Corbin. we disagreed on Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles, and I'm going ahead to say that Carmella cashes in. So if she doesn't cash in, I will count that as a, a miss for myself, even if Charlotte does win. I but. feel like there's a high chance of probability that Carmella could unsuccessfully cash in that briefcase. Well, but except Corbin already did that. So are you gonna bl- are you gonna blow both briefcases? I'm fairly certain they've done that before when there were Raw and SmackDown briefcases. Swagger, I think Swagger and Sandow are the only two other people not to cash in. So hmm. if that happened both in the same year, then maybe you might not. be right. Yeah, maybe that didn't happen. I don't know, but that's I don't know. I just Carmella. I like Carmella. I like her entrance music. But I can't even remember the last time I saw her wrestle. She's been not wrestling for a while, which I, you know, I think is, I don't know if it's the out of sight, out of mind thing, except she's there all the time. Mm -hmm. I just think it's an odd choice to not have her wrestler because I just feel like she could use that development. It's hard to be developing when you have a briefcase. And the whole idea, I would assume from a storyline perspective would be you would want to be fresh you would want to be you know you wouldn't want to wrestle because that way in case you get the chance to cash in you can you're fresh and your opponent ideally is not no that's fair but like if you were the money in the bank briefcase holder like one thing that sort of has bothered me is like she has not been involved in any of the number one contenders matches going on on SmackDown and like Mm -hmm. I understand she's got the briefcase she's got a guaranteed title shot but why should she be automatically discluded from those matches she could win those matches become the legit number one contender and then still have the briefcase in tow I think that could be an interesting storyline even if you pin me once in this match I still have get a second chance so you better make sure when you beat me you really put me down. Like, that could be a really cool storyline, too. It is a great storyline for not Carmella. That would have been a great storyline for Baron Corbin. Sure. I'm going to get myself disqualified. I'm going to bash your head in with a chair, get disqualified, and then hand in my briefcase. Except, apparently, as happened when Baron Corbin cashed in, the ref has to wait for the person to get to their feet and ask if they're good to go before they'll ring the bell to start that championship match. Because apparently that's how it works now, because that's what they did when Baron okay. Corbin cashed in. I thought I'm it was the saying, stupidest thing That's ever. not how the hardcore title worked. That's all I'm saying. It's not, not how, how title I don't think that's how any of the other cash-ins for the Money in the Bank briefcase have gone. So why they did it for that one really stuck out to me. 
You know, your wife occasionally has some excellent ideas. She probably has them all the time. I said occasionally because I only get to be graced by her presence and and her her her, her knowledge in occasional um, instances. So I'm sure it happens all the time. I'm just not privy to it. But she is full of these great ideas occasionally when I hear them. And the one that I'm trying to get out, if I could possibly get it out, is she told us that we should write a book about the rules of wrestling. And I honestly think there is something to that. Yes. Like, to do Copyright. a full chapter... Copyright DC and Doc. To do a full chapter on the history of Money in the Bank briefcase cash-ins and exactly how you're able to cash that in, at least as dictated by what we know from history, evolving that rule set until we get it honed to apparently what it is currently. Like, it's a contract good for any time that you can use to immediately insert yourself into a two-person match and make it a, a triple threat, but you cannot cash it in in a one-on-one situation unless the other person is able to get to their feet and agree to the match. Unless, of course, because <laughs> I'm sure there's an earlier... I'm just saying, there, there could be something to actually point all, all these for things it. out. I am all for going forward with this idea. I love the idea of you are not allowed to use a foreign object. A foreign object is, is you know, this. However, ring post, steel steps, apron, guardrail... Uh, announce tables, usually all okay. Right, right. Steel chair, fuck you. <laughs> You'll notice I said that quieter because I did want to get in trouble. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. All right. Let's 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 touch on a couple of other things briefly. We have oh, a couple DC. of emails. Yes. Oh, I thought you were suggesting something when you said we should what touch is, a few things. What is... Usually only briefly. Quite briefly. Um, what is Bray Wyatt doing? Why is Sister Abigail... is So, I, I here's how I believe this is gone. When Randy Orton torched the Wyatt compound, he burned... Sister I would like Ab- to point out also that this theory that you were about to put forth is, is based upon information provided yes. by moi. I'm going with you. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I have your ideas down. I'm not taking credit for these ideas. I just want proper citations. You deserve more praise. I do. I do. Um, so, so, Sister Abigail, in some form or fashion, was burned. Bray then took the ashes of Sister Abigail and either consumed them or bathed in them. His body was washed in them and so now he is claiming I think it was more a metaphysical thing I don't think he literally bathed in them or literally ate I them I remember no I remember at one point though he was kneeling in the ashes and he picked up the dirt and rubbed it on his body He did but those were the ashes of the Wyatt compound It was my understanding that she was buried beneath it so I actually don't know that her body actually ever was touched by said flames um, okay. Of course, but I don't even know way, if she was actually even buried there. Just it seems. Yeah. But either way, it's unclear. Uh, Bray Wyatt is talking about Sister Abigail and saying that he can channel her power, which means one of two things. Number one, 
we are going to get a female member of the Wyatt family named Sister Abigail. Or, number two, Bray Wyatt is going to pull some sort of Finn Balor demon transformation and the spirit and energy of the malicious presence known as Sister Abigail will imbue his body with extra power. All right, number one. If it is number one, I hope that what happens is he comes out with the lantern and just like a messed up version of Peter Pan, uh, instead of Tinkerbell being the source of light that's in there, I, I want I want uh, Sister Abigail to, to to just you know burst forth from uh, the lantern as though she is some sort of maniacal demon, almost like a genie caught in a in a lamp. That's okay. that's my hope. If it's number one, so so would she? If that happens, would she actually be a wrestler? If so, whom would you like to see be Sister Abigail? If that's the case. Uh, what's her name? Mia Rotunda, something like that. What's Mika Rotunda? Yeah, that's the one. She can do it. The um, actual, but that's not happening. literally his sister. Okay, that's literally not happening because uh, the reason why I say that is because number two already happened. We saw the transformation at the end of Bray Wyatt's promo on Raw this week. We literally saw him turn in to Sister Abigail. It's very difficult to see. He's shrouded in shadow, but there was a dissolve cut, and when he came back, it's quite clear that his hair is a different style, and if you look very carefully, he has very dark makeup circles around his eyes in such a way that he did not have prior to that. And in fact, even his clothing looks to have been somewhat changed. So although am... we didn't get a clear look at it, I, I am... My, I am supposing that we have, in fact, already seen this transformation on camera. Okay, I'm quickly um, going to this because I missed. I saw the promo, but as usual, went. Oh, oh, you're right. Mm, I do that. He's got like almost like a Papa Shango. He actually, you know what he looks like? He looks like one of the gorillas of destiny from New Japan Pro Wrestling with like the white face paint. Okay, I'm in. Never mind. That works for me. I'm all for this. I'm all for this new character direction. We saw it with Enzo Amore, and it is good. Sure. Papa Shango, Bray Wyatt. Do you think Papa Shango will show up? Please tell me Papa Shango comes out. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Papa Shango, the boogeyman, Bray Wyatt. I wish we did a video <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the fake. I was going to say, and the fake cane. So Luke Gallows has to leave the club to go back to becoming the fake cane. <laughs> That's. We need video of that. <laughs> I'm uh, doing some sort of spooky finger and facial expressions. Yeah, that spooky DC fingering. <laughs> Spooky. Um, yeah. uh, all right. So yes. Okay. I didn't see that part again. This is this is the one downside to me watching the things on YouTube is that I don't watch it live, which means I watch it through completion. I I end early. I don't finish. Um, okay. Wait. What? You end early or you don't finish? Because those sound like very different. Problems. Well, I finish early. Okay. No, I, I finish very early. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, Mickey James is being called old. Your thoughts. If she's old, 
I don't want to be young. I I don't know. Like I, how many people on the roster are older than she is? That's what I want to know because I bet you it's a decent number. I'm guessing that there is a significant number of people on that roster who are in fact older than Mickey James. Well, okay. Now you got my uh, statistics brain peaked there. She is 38. So... How old is AJ Styles? He's not on the same roster. Well, whatever. It's all WWE. She is the oldest by far of the women wrestlers on the Raw roster. Okay, that's fair. So, because Alexa Bliss... But someone has to be. Alexa Bliss is in her early 20s. Um, You know, she's 26. Alicia Fox is 31. Bailey's, you know, got to be somewhere around there, 28. So she's she's probably... Summer Rae, who I guess you can call still on there, she's probably the next oldest, and and Mickey James has five years on her. Uh, Mickey James is how old? 36, 38? 38. 38, okay. But yeah, AJ Styles Styles is is 40. He's 40. John Cena is 40. How old is Nikki Bella? She's not a wrestler anymore. Yes, she is. She's not. She's not an active wrestler right now. How old is Chris Jericho? How old is Brock Lesnar? How old... That's not the story. The story is that she is a female wrestler who is old. That's fine, but I just think it's, again, it... I don't think it... I think it's... I don't know. She is closer in age to Stephanie McMahon than Sasha Banks. That is the story. Who cares is the story. If she can kick your ass and win that title, does it matter how old she is? No, not to me, but obviously to the writers of... I just think it's... I don't know. The last time Mickie James was on her way out of this company, they wrote a storyline in which she was referred to as Piggy James. I don't know if you remember that or not. Probably not... You I do, which is why I'm bringing this up, because I remember you had strong reactions to that story. And here we are again, not the same story, but a negative story reflecting Mickey James. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I don't like it, but I'm probably not supposed to like it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, How old is Asuka? Do you know, off the top of your head? She's perfect, whatever, whatever age that is. It's Take perfect. a guess. How old is she? 32. Nope. She is 36. Oh, she's even more perfect than I could have imagined. She is. And we missed her birthday. September 26th. Uh, well, I have, have, have to send her a belated card. Um, but that makes sense to me because she had an entire, like, thing career. before wrestling. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. she was a video game reviewer for years. I mean. Hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You should see again. This is why we need solo doc podcasts. You would feel better if you did some doc talks. Let's get some doc talks out there. Who am I going to talk to? You. You talk to yourself. It's not doc talks with other people. It's doc talk. The person who's talking is you. I'm not interested in a monologue show. Just not. Okay. I think you'd be good at it. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention before we get to the uh, email, the email, what, what, the email. How you feel about that Shield reunion, huh? Huh? They were on TV on the same camera screen, huh? 
Huh? They were in the same room together, huh? Huh? Ooh-ah. Which would you rather see? The Shield versus Miz, Sheamus, and Cesaro. Or The Shield versus Miz, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. I mean, I would rather see Sheamus and Cesaro. But the one that makes more sense to me would be Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. See, and I think what we're going to see is The Shield versus Miz, Sheamus, Cesaro, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. Yeah. I think we're going to get some sort of three-on-five handicap TLC match, because that will be the story that makes it worth I'm so tired of hearing people being like this isn't worthy of a shield reunion you know what they're reuniting yeah whatever I when bands re- when bands worthy. reunite we don't talk about whether or not it's the right time you go buy tickets to go watch your band perform when yeah. bare naked ladies get back together I don't care when it happens I'm just going to want to go see it yeah I mean when significant members of the band die you start having those arguments about, well, is it really even the same band? I mean, I'm just saying, there are... It's not exactly a one-to-one. Are, I agree are you, in wrestling are you, are when Roman Reigns Dean dies. Are Ambrose of being dead? No, but when, when one of them dies, you're right. If they did have a reunion at that point and they put Curtis Axel in for Dean Ambrose, right, people would say, well, that's really not the shield. Um... Although I would like to see that. I think he could pull it off. Oh, I man. think Curtis Axel could be a decent Dean Ambrose. Well, Bo Dallas could be a decent Seth Rollins. Really, oh, what we need to, like see to see is that. a shield, which is Roman, and well, what that's if, what we're going to see. What if The Miz played the part of Roman? I actually think we're going to see that sometime in the next few weeks, is The Miz is going to come out in the vest, and they're going to come out dressed as The Shield. Like how when... You know, DX used to make fun of the nation and they dress as each other. And, or when uh, Michaels and Triple H came out dressed as Vince and Shane. Remember when Shawn yes, Michaels was. I do. Kept doing the dance. That, that was, was great. That was something. That was a good moment. We've got emails, folks. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. The first one comes from Danielle Sullivan. Its title is Delayed Email. My bad. Hi. During No Mercy, I thought of a question to email you guys, and then I forgot to email you all. And then it was when I was listening to DDT Wrestling this weekend, I was like, kick rocks, I forgot to send that email question. So I'll send the question for last week and then one for this week. First question. Cesaro took that bump during the No Mercy tag match like a champ. So, that made me think of a teeth question for y'all. Have you ever had any interesting stories, experiences, with losing your teeth as a child or adult? If you don't want to share, that's totally okay, too. The only thing I think of when it comes to losing a tooth is the tale that you put the tooth under your pillow, and then the tooth fairy will come and get it. But there's a movie I saw where there was when I was 10 that made me dislike that story. Uh, Darkness Falls 2003. I did see that movie. And yes, the Tooth Fairy was the main villain, essentially. And I liked that film. I thought so it was So is, right. she, is she saying that she was 10 in 2003? I believe that's what she's saying. I mean, it's possible that she saw it 
after it came out, in which case she was 10 in 2008 or 2005 or 2006, which makes her even younger. So for our sake, let's pretend that she was 10 in 2003. So she's only 10 years our junior instead of more. Right, right. right. Um, Any good teeth stories? You know that I do. You're involved in one of my teeth stories. Would you like to share? Well, let's go back to the beginning. When I was a wee lad, uh, I, I was always late to develop in terms of my teeth. Only my teeth. Um, so I did not have my baby teeth until long delayed, um, even when I was, you know, a younger infant. And then when it came time to lose my teeth and the adult teeth were coming in, uh, that happened a bit later for me as well. And then one thing that happened was one of my baby teeth did not have an adult tooth form under it. So uh, that tooth I never naturally lost. Of course, you know, a baby tooth has uh, more shallow roots. It's not as fully developed. So it's not going to make it throughout your life. It's, in fact, got a much reduced uh, lifespan. You only really retain them until, you know, young adulthood. And so that's basically what happened with me. Uh, eventually that tooth had to get pulled. So it, it did get pulled out of my mouth. It pulled because it died. It died while it was still in my mouth. So it, um, basically I was getting an abscess in my gums. So we had to pull the tooth to get rid of it. Um, so that got pulled. And in response to that, because I was so young, they recommended doing a dental implant, which I had done. And for those of you not familiar, what they do is uh, they slice open your gums with a scalpel. They peel it back. They expose the bone in your jaw. They take a drill and they literally drill a hole in your jaw while you are awake. And then they take this um, titanium oxide coated screw, put it into the hole that they've drilled and basically uh, torque it into place. And then they of course stitch up the gums around this post and the healing process begins. Eventually, you put a crown on top of said post, and you have yourself a finished dental implant. So I do, in fact, have a titanium screw in my jaw holding uh, a very lovely crown. Now, the part of it that brings in DC Matthews, and I don't know whether or not you remember this, I don't know how you could have forgotten it, unless, of course, you are traumatized and are blocking it from your memory, in which case I am very happy to pull it to the forefront of your brain, and may you have trouble sleeping for the rest of your life. Um, we lived together in a apartment uh, somewhere off of our college campus, and there was one night in which I was eating a bowl of ice cream, and the crown... Uh, came off of the post and I swallowed it. And of course, um, the suggestion was, well, you really want to get that back. So uh, I induced vomiting for way too long. Very, very, very long. I don't know if you know this, but once you start vomiting, it's very difficult to stop, especially... I had broken blood vessels in my eyes and face for weeks. It was the most disgusting, disturbing. I mean, just listening to me retching, I'm sure. I think at some point, I don't know if you and your wife left, 
because um, I think she was over for part of it as well. I don't know if you just shut yourselves in your room and held each other and said, "Oh God, when will it end?" I, I, I mean, I don't know, but it, it was a horrible night in my life. One of which let's, I am glad to have uh, made you um, suffer through. Let, let's get to the big question. Did you get it back? No. And I um, I also checked the other end for a few days, let's say. And How, how in-depth? In-depth enough. Okay. You ever pooped well, you into win. a bucket? I have. It's a good pickup line. <laughs> um, uh, how about you? you? Can you top that? You win. <laughs> you win. Um, I have a similar uh, history. I, I am a mutant. I, there's a reason X-Men are my favorite comic is because I am a mutant. I was born with several genetic abnormalities, um, one of which is I was born without wisdom teeth, Plus, oh, you um, lucky son of a gun. But I was born without, I believe, five or six of my adult teeth. So, really? A, yes. So, a good portion of the teeth in my mouth are still baby teeth. Really? I have a retainer, permanent retainer metal wire that goes along the inside of my bottom teeth here in the front to help continue to hold them into place because eventually they will fall out. So I appreciate your graphic description of the implant process because I need multiple of them. I mean, not necessarily. I, I think they can... Well, I th well yes, probably multiple. But well, I, they'll I think need to they do a couple, do... but then they can do a bridge. Right, right. So, so they can do two and then put a, a denture in that would... Hey, let me tell you, after getting this one implant... Uh, I have often thought about having them just take them all and we'll just put a couple of posts in there and put full dentures on because having that implant honestly is awesome. Like, it, not that you don't have to take care of, of, of dentures and things, but like you don't have to worry about cavities. Mm -hmm. it, someday it's going to wear out yeah. and you're just going to throw another one on there. Like, I, it, it's strong. It doesn't hurt. I, I never have to worry about temperature or cold or sweet sensitivity like it's just there doing mm -hmm. its job holding its place so i am already missing one. Oh, really you, when that happened i see it i see it i was i was eating a granny smith apple and it came out and when i realized that you don't notice it unless i like oh, yeah. really show you i was like i don't need it i haven't had it for years um, but eventually these are going to go. So my dentist, now that I go to the dentist, I spent a long time not going to the dentist because it wasn't bad enough that I had all these problems. Right, that's, I just decided that's going to help. That's really going to help. Well, and so, so my story is that my most frequent nightmare of the last decade has been that my teeth fall out en masse. Like all at once. And, and, or, or I just keep pulling them out. Like... Literally, huh. I feel something in my mouth, I spit it out, and it's a tooth. And it just happens like five or six or seven times. I, and that, since I, I mean, have that's, that is a nightmare. 
since I have gotten better about dental hygiene and I go, I, I went back to the dentist because one tooth in the back, I bit a piece of raw elbow macaroni. Okay. I was cooking, I popped it in my mouth, and the tooth shattered. Mm. Like I had like a fourth of it. And so I had to go to, you know, thankfully I found a dentist nearby, which was able to accept me the next day and they were able to take care of it. And since then I go frequently multiple times a year. Um, I mean, you should go at least once every six months. That's the recommended. I go every three to four. Okay. So they have, I go every three to four because, because they're making up for a decade or so of just well i i think it's probably more than the the decade of neglect it's probably also the fact they realize that you have all these baby teeth and they want to keep them in good shape for, for yes, you as long that as is possible. also it that is also it um, so they say that i probably you know sometime in my 30s to 40s these things will start to if they don't fall out what will happen is they will just start to get very painful because the roots will disappear yeah and so so it is something that I will need to deal with. I will keep you posted. Hopefully we are still podcasting ha! when posted. Um, but let me tell you, just just to give you a little bit of reassurance. Um, so I gave you that graphic description of what they did in my mouth. But I will say, uh, I don't know if I just lucked out. I had an excellent oral surgeon or what. It literally never hurt. It didn't hurt during really? the procedure. It didn't hurt after the pre- They sent me home, you know, with codeine or, you know, mm-hmm. what painkillers like industrial strength. Uh, mm-hmm. I never took one of them because it, and it's not because I have, a, I have a high tolerance of pain. I mean, I think I do, but. You do. But it literally. You lived with me for four years. You do. It literally never hurt. I never well, I good. felt any amount of pain. It was not tolerating yeah. anything. The, the, the implant procedure itself doesn't bother me. It's the recovery that I'm worried about. Even that wasn't so bad. It healed up pretty easily. Just you had to go light on that side of your mouth, you know, for a while. Yeah. But Well, I wondered whether or not, I asked the dentist the last time I was there, I was like, do you do them all at once? <laughs> do you literally just remove a big chunk of my gum, put the teeth in, then put the gum back on top? They were like, no, we'll probably do one at a time. <laughs> sure. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I propose we table Danielle's next question for... Uh, a future episode of a podcast, whichever one we decide to do. Because again, we're talking horror movies. I know we need to do it soon. I mean, I've already started Shocktober 2017. I didn't regale you with tales of the four horror movies I've already watched this week. That's what I'm saying. I think we need an entire episode just devoted to that. I see. I see. Hopefully I can get one in tonight. It's already getting late, so we'll see. Well, that's what I'm saying. So let's go on to Glenn's email. Our good buddy, DDT Bestia from the UK, Glenn. Uh, Hi, guys. With the big 100th official DDT wrestling show coming up next week, if you could have any guest on the show, who would it be and why? By the way, DDT UK will have something special for you next week, so watch this space. Thanks, as always, Glenn. So we're getting something from our UK besties. Interesting. Uh, so if I could have anyone on this show for the episode 100, who would it be and why? I guess it has to be a guest, so I can't go corny and say it'd be you, DC Matthews. It'd be you. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but if I can't say that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I want it to be Glenn. I want it to be our, our UK contingent. Let's get, let's get all you guys on here. You've been with us through thick and thin. If we go through... And continue post 100. Do you think we should start looking into having guests? No. But it- 
No, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, that was perfect comic timing. That was a priceless. That was a moment out of the the best comedy movies. That was ah, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> Take a bow, sir. Take. Thank a y'all. Bow. There you go. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all. Um. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with a a guest of some notoriety being like you know like a, an actual member. Ah, of the... Liam. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm going with someone no? from the oh, sorry. from the from the wrestling community, a a more well known person. Um. Owen Hart. That would be lovely to be able to chat with Owen Hart. You... They said any guest. That would be great. Um, I'll go ahead and say Paul Heyman. My gut was William Regal, but I'm not sure. Uh, you know, but Paul Heyman, I think, would be a very interesting person to to have on the show. He's a great conversationalist. There would be lots of avenues of discussion for him. So, uh, I'll go ahead and say Paul Heyman. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm looking forward to watching this space. We'll see what comes up as we head down towards episode 100. So, Doc, give me a piece of positivity as we head into a long Columbus Day weekend. I'm one day closer to TLC. I'm one after this Sunday. I'm one pay-per-view closer to TLC and having Oscar back in my life. Uh, so I, I think that's cause for celebration. I do like the uh, promos they've been running. Um, they seem like they're really trying to build her up for um, the Raw audience. They've been giving Very her some extended so. promos, uh, you know, during uh, Raw television. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I am I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store for us. They better not ruin it. Wow! Way to add that extra piece of positivity <laughs> right there at the end, Doc. Fantastic. Um, I'll go ahead and, and do a match recommendation. Uh, if you haven't watched NXT from this week, um, the opening tag match. Uh, the iconic duo of Peyton and Billy taking on Ruby Riot and eventually Nikki Cross was quite good. I was more impressed with Ruby Riot than I have been in the past. Um, you know, I had mentioned on an episode of the Pontificast that I had questions about the NXT women's division, along with the NXT roster in general. But that worked for me. I was like, okay, we're in good shape. So I've been watching NXT the last two weeks uh, in a row, and I'm actually fairly pleased, I think, with where that brand is as a show. I, I, I'm enjoying Drew Galloway. Um, no, uh, Drew McIntyre as the champion. I don't not. understand why. Why should I care about Drew McIntyre? Why? Why do you care about Jinder Mahal? Because he was, well, no, damn it. I was going to say he was part of 3MB, but so was Drew McIntyre. Hoisted up exactly. by own guitar. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I th I honestly think that Drew McIntyre is good. He's an impressive phys physical specimen. He is. I think he's an. I actually. I think he's an excellent wrestler. I agree. And I like the quiet intensity of his character. I think my problem is you went now. Granted, you had that three MB bit, but the I remember you as being the chosen one in WWE. And and that's exactly it, though. He is. The he, fallen he one. He was now. the chosen one. He fell from grace. 
and we are now watching this is his, his redemption story is that it to some extent i mean i think they skipped over the redemption part in terms of the storytelling but but as a fan as somebody who does enjoy him as a performer yes i feel as though i am getting to witness that redemption even if it's not what they're focusing okay. on in terms you're probably of right you're probably right um and i'll give side honorable mention shout outs to the velveteen dream i oh I yeah am into this storyline and i was Alistair shocked Black, man i was shocked at how eloquently lars sullivan spoke yeah you that expect? was the guy you told me to check out last yes. week? Yes. Yeah. Again, go back to two weeks ago. Watch Lars Sullivan versus Orny Lurkin. It was great. Um, NXT's getting real good. And with War Games coming up, going to be even better. So, looking yeah. forward to it. Anything else, Doc Manson, you would like to say as we end the penultimate episode of DDT Wrestling? You know, um, folks, there's only one more episode of DDT Wrestling left. Um, get your emails in while you can. Email us at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Be part of the last ever episode of DDT Wrestling. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. And, um, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes before you're never able to. Leave it now or fall forever. Now I need to watch Chronicles of Riddick. No, you don't. Probably true. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, my friends, we'll see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>